John here, and we've got a new sponsor, DistroKid. Now that you've finished your latest Pirate Math SpongeCore Twitch trek, it's time to get it out there so everyone can hear it. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms, and artists keep 100% of their royalties. And because you're a high-gain listener, you get 30% off. Just go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash high-gain. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash high-gain. And now DistroKid has an app. The DistroKid app is available for iOS and Android. You can download it at distrokid.com slash app or in the app and play stores. We'd like to take a minute to thank our pals over at Isotope, makers of software and plugins for audio repair, mixing, and mastering. The new gold standard of audio repair, Isotope RX11, is coming in May. Buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. We use Isotope products here at the High Gain. It's an important part of how we've been able to bottle pure podcast gold week after week. High Gain listeners get 10% off using the promo code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. That's all at isotope.com. I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Oh, hey, it's me, Ed Peterson. Oh, hi, Ed. It's me, John Kiltica. John, happy anniversary. Oh, happy anniversary to you, too. It's our tricentennial. Episode. Yeah. I was looking it up because I wasn't sure. Does tricentennial have to apply to years? And it looks like no. It's the 300th anniversary. Yes. For us, that's weeks. Yes, it is. Right? 300 episodes of the High Game Podcast. The tricentennial. Yes, this is the tricentennial episode here in beautiful West Seattle. Oh, we're in beautiful West Seattle? We are. It's dark out. It's nighttime. We have ourselves a piece of history here today, Ed. Yeah. Guitar came in. John ran out the back with it. Yeah. So we got to hurry up before they realize I'm gone. (laughs) Yeah. It's a little rainy out. Who cares? Winter in Seattle, right? Yeah, yeah. I got to walk up here in the middle of the night. Whatever. I don't care. I'll do it. This is for the people, for the 300 thing. Happy anniversary! (laughs) Are we coming up on six years? Yeah. Our next year-iversary will be six. Okay. It doesn't have a cool name like Tricentennial. Six-iversary? Yeah. We talk about guitars. We do talk about guitars. Beverages. Yes, Ed. Beverages. I have a sound, sparkling water. It's got a cool logo. Like a sound wave. Yeah. Does it say, like, hear the difference? 
Bright bubbles, bold botanicals. Pretty weak slogan. Come on. For something called sound, Come on. all the different ways that they could have gone with that. This can is made without BPAs. That's good. I'm way into season four of the great 2024 Sopranos rewatch. Oh. We've lost a few guys. Big Puss, we lost him. Ralphie, we lost him. Well, let's just do yeah. one because you are lamenting fictional characters. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This sound beverages tea with uh, bubbles and uh-huh. grapefruit and stuff. I don't like it. You don't? No. What do you got? I've got a ginger soother mm. that has lemon and honey in it. Oh, that's great. It is from the ginger people. Oh. And there's like a little creature on the front. It looks like he's wearing a diaper or something. No, maybe it's just a thong or something. And he's sitting in a peaceful pose. It's like a little ginger person. That's great. Sweetened only with honey. Oh. Yeah. Mine's sweetened with nothing. Meet Yoga Knobs. Oh, (laughs) that guy's name is Yoga Knobs. Okay. He keeps it simple, lives in the moment, and loves to soothe others. Mine has ginger in it, too, but I still don't like it. This one's really good. Really? I could probably drink this a lot. Maybe you should. We normally would have hot wire espressos. Right. Some kind of hot beverage. Yes. But it was too late. They closed because we're doing this in the dark times. That's right. For you, the viewers at home. So Jeff over there at Hotwire, I hope you'll give us a mulligan Mm -hmm. (laughs) on buying coffee. Yeah. But here we are shouting you out. Sure. Hope that counts. Beautiful West Seattle. Yes. Next to the post office. Yes. That doesn't have an outside mailbox because the beautiful West Seattle people stole it. Yeah. Like we do. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm so hopped up, I could steal a mailbox. Yeah. What do you got there? I have a piece of history, Ed. This is a Rickenbacker. R-I-C-K-E-N-B-A-C-H-E-R? At this point, yes. This is the early to mid 30s, 1930s. It was spelled C-H, later changed to C-K, but the pronunciation would remain the same throughout. Rickenbacker, not Rickenbacher. That is how Adolf Rickenbacker preferred it. Even with the H. Even with the H. Whatever, Adolf, you do your thing. This is a Rickenbacker Ken Roberts model Mm -hmm. made between 35 and 38. Three years. Okay. George Beecham, remember him? I do remember that name. Yeah. He was messing around with electric guitars much earlier than that, late 20s, fussing with pickups and things. So the first kind of electric guitar was the frying pan. Imagine something round like a frying pan Mm -hmm. with a neck stuck on it. Yeah. That was considered kind of the first foray into electric guitar. The reason I have this Ken Roberts model, though... Is because for all the iterations that came after that. And before it, right? All the weird frying pan stuff leads to this. Yeah. And there were Spanish guitars and there were regular acoustic guitars and jazzy hollow body type things. But this is considered by most to be the forerunner or precursor of the modern electric guitar. First production. Production. First commercial production guitar with a pickup in it. It wasn't some custom one-off dude in a garage. It was not. Made one. 
What this is, is a guitar with a block running down the middle on which this big ass horseshoe pickup mm-hmm. is mounted, a single volume control, yep. a couple of F holes, and that's it. Oh, there is a Kaufman Vibrola mm-hmm. invented by Doc Kaufman, who would go on to work with Leo Fender. You want to know how this all came to be? Are you going to give me some backstory? We'll do it all at once. Oh, sure. Let's do that. We'll start in 1931. Okay. The Ropatin Company is founded. Have we talked about them before? We have. Yeah. Nobody really knows what that's all about. R-O-P-A-T-I-N, Ropatin. But some people surmise that it is... A portmanteau? Yes. Yeah. For electro patent instruments. Sure. But there seems to be enough doubt about that. I don't think we can call that definitive. All the paperwork's gone. We lost the paperwork. It was founded, 1931, the Rowe Patent Company, by our man George Beecham and Adolf Rickenbacker. In the Depression. Well, I think our man George Beecham had a rich cousin. Oh. Who had inherited a bunch of money. Is this true? Yeah. Ted Kleinmeier. Oh. He asked old Ted if he could have some of that dough. Some of that Ted dough. The irony being that Ted kind of drank and drugged cool. his way through the inheritance to yeah. the point where he circled back around and was trying to borrow money back from George. And did George give it to him? Yeah. Great. Guy gives you money to found company. Company's pretty successful. How about a little... Uh, a little something, something. Some, something, something, you know? Yeah. Doesn't it seem awesome to inherit, you know, modern day, like $10 million? And just blowing $10 million on just fucking raging. It was worse <laughs> slash better than that. Uh, yeah. So he gets like $10 million or whatever, the yeah. $1929. Right. Or he blows through it. Uh-huh. But there was a stipulation. Here's yeah. how much you get yeah. when you're 24 or whatever. Oh, he was young too. And you get the rest of it when you turn 27. Uh-huh. So he blew through it. And then the second tranche came. Yeah. He blew through that. Love it. I think he ended up penniless working as a janitor in a high school. That part sounds not as fun. You can't be doing that when you're 24. That's the time to put that money away, save it up a little bit. So when you're oldie guys like John and Ed, we'd just kill ourselves. Burn through ourselves. Yeah, exactly. But in the meantime... George and Adolf, they start row patent. Yeah. George was designing instruments, mm-hmm. and Adolf was in charge of building them. In 32, their first thing was the frying pan guitar. Yeah. George gets a patent for the pickup and the whole deal. They make this round thing. It's not very big. Like a dinner plate. Yeah. And they also made what they called electro-Spanish models. Was the frying pan guitar a production model? Yeah, that was a row patent joint. Why is that not considered the first electric guitar? Modern electric guitar. The big difference is the modern electric guitars you can play standing up with the strap. It's shaped like a guitar. The frying pan was more like a lap steel. Like a lap steel and a banjo. More meant for Hawaiian kind of playing. Okay. Still a six string? Uh Uh-huh. Is that why some people argue about this being the first I think the argument isn't so much when did it happen and what qualifies so much as what is the closest thing to what we know today. The guitar you're holding, it looks like an acoustic guitar with a OEM factory pickup in it. 
Yeah. You know, like it's not a solid body guitar. Right. But outside of the solid body factor, it's just an acoustic guitar with Ethels. And they had others, other electro-Spanish guitars just like this one. So what makes this one different from those? Yeah. Oh, by the way, the bodies on these yeah. were made by uh, the Chicago Boys. Man, so this thing's got a little bit of everybody. It's got some yeah. national harmony, Rickenbacker. Uh-huh. Chicago boys make the bodies, send them out to Rickenbacker in L.A., and then they assemble the whole thing. Huh. In 1933, they changed their name. Ropatin was out, yeah. and they went to the Electro String Instrument Corporation. Every guitar they made was called an Electro, including this one that has a badge on it that's engraved. It says Rickenbacker Electro. That seems great. That is because in 1934, they changed the name from Electro String Instrument Corporation to Rickenbacker. Oh. Yeah. And then in 35, they released this guitar, the Ken Roberts model. Ken Roberts apparently was a Hollywood studio musician, but more importantly, he was a good buddy of George Beecham. Sure. Give him a signature model. I've already mentioned that this is regarded as the progenitor of today's modern guitar. Given the fact that they were making all these electro-Spanish guitars, why this one? Yeah, why this one, John? It was the first commercially produced full-scale guitar, ah. 25-inch, as opposed to the frying pan, which was shorter. A lot of the electro-Spanish guitars were smaller as well. Okay. Uh, so 25 is very common these days. Mm -hmm. It was the first electric guitar with a stock tremolo arm. This was not an add-on. That seems like a weird thing to put in that makes it an electric, but sure, okay. Designed by Clayton Doc Kaufman. Mm -hmm. It was the first electric guitar with an extended neck joint. It's joined at the 17th fret, like a lot of guitars these days, and it goes up to 22 frets. Mm -hmm. Whereas before then, most guitars were joined at the 12th or the 14th. Okay. But they didn't sell as many as they did the Hawaiian guitars like the frying pan because Hawaiian music was so popular. Sure. They only made this for about three years. Of course, we know Rickenbacker kept on their merry way, so they're fine. From the point they discontinued this, they didn't go like, electrics are out. They were making some version of a guitar the entire time. Yes. Only about 50 of these were ever made. That's crazy. And only about 10 of them are known to still exist. So this is one of 10. This is one of 10. That's why we kind of wanted to do it. This one is way more an artifact. Yeah, so I'll turn the volume down so you can hear that it's not a very practical sounding instrument. Acoustically. Acoustically, yeah. Use a pick. It's just kind of gross sounding, which I, I think some of the playing you were doing, especially with it amplified, it actually sounds kind of nice, a little overdriven. That sounds great. Yeah, and if I do put a little overdrive on there. Mm -hmm. 
sounds great like that. I haven't used the vibrato much because it's very stiff. It throws it out of tune and the range doesn't give you enough that it would be worth tuning every two minutes. <laughs> I love that there's only 10 of these and someone has put miles and miles on this thing. That lower bout just worn down to nothing is awesome. This thing is beat within an inch of its life and it looks really great. Yeah. I don't know, could something like this be made into a practical playing instrument? I suppose anything could. It's got a headstock plate that's made out of white pearloid, like mother of pearl, artificial. Mm-hmm. The color of this, I think, is a dark violin burst, yeah. or maybe it's just darkened since 1934. It looks like a tobacco burst, kind of. The neck is kind of beefy, which would make sense. There's probably no reinforcement rod or truss rod of any kind in this. What's that volume knob called? The circus tent? Uh, it's a like carousel knob. Carousel. Yeah. Bakelite carousel knob. You know what it needs? It needs some fuzz. It would be great to play it that way, but just as a acoustic electric kind of thing, its clean tones are actually not so great. No. Did you find a catalog that had this in it? The advertisements I found for this of the time yeah. didn't have the price, Ugh. but I did find oh. that the Chicago boys mm -hmm. were charging Rickenbacker Wait. Uh -huh. for the bodies they okay. sent down. So does that even count? We know how much the bodies were? Well, well, let's play the game. Okay, so in $1935. 35. This okay. double-bound 2F hole, hole cut out for a pickup body made by the Chicago Boys. No neck. No neck, and sent out to Los Angeles. What were they charging yeah, like Rickenbacker for that? 22 bucks. That's not bad. Yeah. Depending on what extra work they had to do, it yeah. was somewhere between 10 and 19. That feels pretty okay. Yeah. So yeah. if that's 19, and then Rickenbacker puts a neck on it, mm -hmm. a pickup tailpiece, I don't know, was this like a $35 guitar in 1935? It had to be more than that, right? Like, just the body was 20 bucks. It had to be 50 at least. For them to even make a dollar, it had to be 50. I wonder how novel the average person thought this was. The big Hawaiian music craze, everybody's buying lap steels and the frying pan things, and everybody's wearing Hawaiian stuff. Right. Guy picks this thing up brand new in 1935, and he's got a little 5-watt amp. Did it sound like this thing sounds? Because you know what they weren't doing? They weren't putting reverb pedals in front of it, and they weren't putting drive pedals. It was going guitar into amp. Should we just see? I'll turn uh, all this crap off. Could be worse. I don't think it sounds that great, unfortunately. You gotta try it. Try and decide. 
Sure, Ed. Mm -hmm. It looks like a regular old acoustic guitar that somebody rigged a pickup into. Mm -hmm. But this is, in fact, from 1935. And a lot of the features employed in it became standards that are still used to this day. Sure. The 1935 Ken Roberts model Rickenbacker guitar? Buy or deny? Deny. The only way I would buy something like this is if I actually had rooms in a house that are just like, oh, look, here's my framed Superman comic. My <laughs> million dollar framed Superman comic that's in a case and you can't touch it. Because I would never buy this thing to play it. It would need to be a display piece. It is an artifact and I do not have space for artifacts in my home. Is there any kind of artifact guitar that you would, one, play, and two, would want to have? If you actually dropped the thing, it would be heartbreaking. So no, I don't think so. I don't think there would be something sufficiently rare that I would also then just play. Right. I would feel terrified picking it up. Yeah, it doesn't really speak to me. I think this is a deny for me, too. I can certainly appreciate the history, and we're not likely to see another one. Oh, no. Some museum, I think it'd be great, is just one of the guitars in that collection. Sure. I agree with you. Yeah, put it in a collection somewhere. Maybe Rickenbacker needs to yeah. put this in their archive. I'm sure they've got all kinds of stuff. Yeah, if they don't have one of the yeah. ten, that seems weird. But it is for sale at Thunder Road Guitars. And if you think you want a historical artifact, if you want to play it, you can actually just buy this thing. Yeah. I'll take pictures of all the cool stuff from the neck to the horseshoe pickup. Some of the sounds you got out of it, you made it sound a whole lot better than I was making it sound. I'll take all kinds of pictures. Uh-huh. We're going to put them on Instagram. You're going to put them on X? No. No. We're probably on there, I guess, just parking our name, yeah. uh, but we're not using it. There'll also be a couple pictures on our website, thehighgain.com. Oh, really? Yeah, there's always ones there. There's show notes there a lot. Oh. And you can even listen to episodes on thehighgain.com. Sure, if you wanted to. I don't want to use my normal podcast listening tool. Right. I'm just going to sit here at the desk while I'm paying taxes. and Raw dog it right from the source. Yeah, right from the webpage. Yeah. Otherwise, get it wherever you get it. And we are still affiliated with the Ruinous Media Network of music-related podcasts, Ed. Here in beautiful Seattle. Beautiful Seattle. Right across the water. One of the fellows. Yeah? Joe Plummer, the drummer. Uh-huh. He's a West Seattle guy. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. It's funny he doesn't come by. Yeah, interesting, huh? Uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there you go. A little bit of a history lesson for our 300th episode. Tricentennial. Tricentennial episode. Uh-huh. Can you believe we've done 300 episodes? Still, still have not missed a week is so wild. We have not missed a week. I do not think there is much in my life that I have been as consistent with as this podcast. <laughs> I guess I feel good about that. Good work, John. Yeah, good work, Ed. Yeah, thanks. Congratulations. Yeah, you too. Thanks for listening, viewers. Let's come back next week and start in on 301. Oh, that'll be great. Won't I can't it? wait. Cool. cool. All right, talk to you later. All right, later. Bye.